You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. take them to the book of John, book of John. We're looking at John chapter number 21. John chapter 21, we'll read a few verses here, and then we'll have a word of prayer and go home, amen? And, uh, you know, kids say a lot of special things that make you feel special as parents, and, uh, you know, tonight uh, we were having dinner at our house, and Haley found out that I was preaching tonight. And she's like, oh, I like it when you preach Sunday nights. And I said, well, why is that? She said, well, first of all, because I can be in the service. And then Alexis kind of looked at her like, well, you can be in the service tonight, but something more important is going on right now called Master Clubs, amen. (laughs) And then she said, and secondly, she said, I get more game time. And, And we're just thinking, what is she talking about? And I guess what she was saying was I end early on Wednesday nights than Pastor does. And so she doesn't get to play as many games. And so I thought, well, that's encouraging. Thank you for the blessing that you are to me. But uh, John chapter 21 and verse number 20. John 21 and verse number 20. And, uh, you know, it's, it's hard for me to sit down and prepare a message. It's like I struggle with it. And I'm not sure why. I'm reading my Bible. God gives me a thought. But then developing that thought and turning it into a message is difficult for me at times. And, uh, you know, especially when pastor, uh, his wife is expecting, and this happened the last time as well, and he's just like, you just need to be ready. You're up Sunday morning. So every Saturday night I'm tossing and turning and can't sleep, thinking that I'm going to get a text message, and what am I going to preach? Because there's nothing prepared, amen. And uh, thinking we'll just read the book of Psalms or something during the service, And uh, so I would just pray, Lord, just uh, help the baby not to come yet, and pastor's able to preach. And uh, I look back at it now, and I agonize Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and it's like, I think next time I'm just going to pray that the baby's done, and that I preach, and that it's over with, amen? And, uh, but uh, maybe I'll pray that for the next one, amen? And uh, we're looking forward to that. John chapter 21, and verse number 20. John 21 and verse number 20, and if you find your place there, if you're able, if you could please stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God. There were two hunters that were out in the woods uh, at some point in time. I'm not sure how long ago this took place, but um, the one of the hunters, they collapsed. And I don't know if it was from the trudging through the woods or climbing in and out of the stands, or maybe he had heard one of Brother Glover's hunting stories with these bears and uh, things that happened with that, but uh, one of them collapsed, and the other hunter looked at him, and he thought, man, his, I don't think he's breathing, his eyes are just open, they're just kind of glazed over, and he's not sure what to do, so he pulls out his phone and calls 911, right? And so the operator gets on the phone and says, how, how can I help you? And he's out of breath, and he's gasping, and he says, my friend, he's dead. He says, what can I do? And the operator, in a calm, soothing voice, replied, Take it easy, I can help. She said, First, we need to make sure that he's dead. There's a silence on the phone for a moment, and then a shot is heard. The hunter then gets back on the phone and says, Okay, now what? I'm not sure where that occurred or when it occurred. John chapter 21 and verse number 20. 
The Bible says, Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at supper, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? And Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Then went this saying abroad among the brethren, that that disciple should not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him, He shall not die, but if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? The title of the sermon tonight is, What's it to you? What's it to you? How to finish the journey with joy. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for all that you've done for us. I pray that you would meet with us during this service. I pray for your Holy Spirit's power. I pray for your presence. I pray that you would hide me behind the cross, allow me to have wisdom as I preach the thoughts and the ideas that you've given to me for this group at this time. Lord, I know it's been a help to me. I pray that it be a help to others. For we ask these things in your name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. What is it to you? What's it to you? You ever heard that statement said before? If it was, it's probably not a good statement when somebody says, well, what's it to you? It probably wasn't in a good tone of voice or didn't have a good connotation. I know uh, in California, I worked as a police officer and we had a specific dispatcher and she was well known for saying the phrase, mind your business. And people would start asking about something or they'd start Christian, Christian gossiping about someone or whatever else. And she'd say, mind your business. What does that mean? What's it to you? Hey, mind your business. What, is that, what does that mean? You know how I learned to mind my own business. I was walking past the mental hospital the other day. And all the patients were shouting, 13, 13, 13. The fence was too high to see over, but I saw a little gap in the planks. So I looked through to see what was going on. Somebody poked me in the eye with a stick. <laughs> then they all started shouting, 14, 14, 14. Mind your business. Hey, what's it to you? What does that mean to mind your own business? What does it mean in this scripture when Jesus says, What is that to thee? Follow thou me. Stop meddling in what doesn't concern you. Focus on what you are doing. You know what? It's great to tell the kids, but we need to be reminded as adults as well. You know, we have social media where we can complain and we can whine about circumstances. But you know what? We deserve hell. That's what we deserve. And the rest is just bonus. Well, what are they doing? No, what are you doing is the real question. And let me just say this. The devil's goal is to get us off track. The devil's goal is to get us discouraged. We would agree with that statement, right? That is the devil's goal. If he can get you off track for what you're supposed to be doing with your life, if he can get you discouraged, if he can get you to feel depressed and get you to feel defeated, then you know what? He's accomplished what he wants to do. 
We need to focus on our race, not anybody else's. What happens in these preceding verses? And John, if you will, turn back if, uh, if it is turning back. But John chapter 21 and verse number 1, I just want to give the context of what leads up to these verses and then talk about them for a few moments again with a title, What's It to You? And I want you to think about that phrase when we start to get discouraged in life. You know, right now is the Christmas season. And during the Christmas season, well, two of my favorite holidays are Christmas and my birthday, amen, or Christmas and my wife's birthday. And you say, why is that? Because we get presents, amen, we get what we want on those days. And that's why I just buy stuff for myself throughout the year, so I can celebrate Christmas all year long, amen. And, uh, but you know what? They're great holidays. Why? Because we get things. But you know what happens also at Christmas time? We see everybody else getting things. And maybe we're not getting what we want and we're not getting what we think we deserve. And we see everybody else and they look happy as a couple or they look happy as a family and they're dressed up and they have smiles on their face. And, 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 and I don't have that and I don't feel like that. And you know, uh, what's it to you? What is it really to you? Because again... In this life, we all just deserve hell, and everything else is bonus. What's it to you? John 21, and verse number 1, the Bible says, And after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. And verse 3, Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. And they say unto him, We also go with thee. And they went forth and entered to their ship immediately. And that night they caught, what's the next word? Nothing. Say it again, what's the next word? Nothing. They caught how much? Nothing. They caught nothing. And why is that? Because God had a different task for them. Jesus had a different task, but they got a little sidetracked. We've ever been sidetracked before, say amen. They got a little sidetracked. And Peter said, you know what, I'm going to go fishing. And you know what all the spiritual people around him said? No, Peter, that's what God called you to do. Uh, God, that's what God called you away from doing. And he said, hey, you're going to be fishers of men. And Peter, Jesus isn't here, but it's time to take a stand. And Peter, hey, we're going to stand with you, but you need to do what's right. You need to make a right decision. That's what his friends said, right? No, they said, hey, guess what, we're going to go with you. But we can have an influence on those that are around us. Hopefully our influence is good. But Peter said in verse number four, the Bible says, but when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. He then asked them, hey, have you caught anything? And they respond, no. And he tells them in verse six, cast the net on the right side of the ship and ye shall find. And they did it and caught a multitude of fishes. Fast forward a few verses there. Uh, in verse number 12, Jesus saying to them, come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask them, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. And they dined with Jesus in the next few verses. In verse 15, Jesus asked Peter a direct question. He says, Hey, do you love me? Peter answers and says, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He asked him again in verse 16, Do you love me? In verse 17, Hey, lovest thou me? He asked. And Peter was grieved because he asked him these three times, do you love me? In verse number 18 and verse number 19, then we arrive at verse number 20. So Peter here again, he's gone fishing. He's caught nothing. 
And then Jesus shows up. And there's a great multitude of fishes. Hey, there's fruit that comes when we get yoked up with Jesus. Hey, when we spend time with God, when we do the things that He's commanded us to do, we're going to see great results that come as a result of that. And in verse number 20, the Bible says, Then Peter, turning about, after he, the Lord has just asked him several times, Hey, do you love me? Hey, do you love me more than these? Hey, how much do you love me, if you will? And Peter answers definitively, Yes, I love you. But even in the same context, even in the same uh, situation that takes place, Peter takes his eyes off the Lord. And we see many times in Peter's life when he's done that. And don't think for a second that I'm getting down on Peter because that's me. And we can liken ourselves to Peter. And Peter's the one who walked on the water. But if you remember, there was something that took place as Peter was walking on that water that caused him to begin to sink. And what was that? He took his eyes off of Jesus. And in this story, the Bible says, And Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, And what shall this man do? He begins to look at somebody else. Jesus says, hey, do you love me? And Jesus responds and says, hey, feed my lambs. Hey, feed my sheep. Hey, follow me. I've got a plan for you to do with your life. And then Peter looks around and says, well, what's this guy going to do? What's he going to do? And Jesus wisely responds as the master would. What is that to thee? Follow thou me. Hey, what's it to you? Hey, isn't Peter just like us? When we're told to do something, not once, not twice, three times in this short passage of Scripture, this short time frame, you know what, we look to the other people around us and want to know, well, what are they going to do? Hey, it looks like I'm the only one that's being singled out. Hey, I'm the only one who's being asked, do I love him? And yes, I love him, but why is he only talking to me? And he's looking around, well, what is everybody else doing? You know what, what's it to you? Hey, in our lives, God deals with us about doing something. And then what do we do? Hey, we start looking around, well, what is everybody else doing? Hey, God deals with your heart about coming at the invitation. Instant response will be to look up, well, is anybody else going? Because I'm not going to be the only one, amen. Hey, you know what? God deals with our heart about doing something and we instantly start to look around and say, well, what is everybody else doing? And not just as children, as adults as well. Hey, what's everybody else doing in the church? If they're doing it, then you know what? I'll get involved as well. But you know what? God wants you to take a stand. God wants you to look at your race. God wants you to look at yourself to say, hey, God, what would you have me to do? I think about the parable of the laborers in Matthew chapter 20. A man went out early in the morning and hired laborers and agreed with them for a certain amount to work all day long. And he went out again at various times, hiring more workers throughout the day to include what the Bible says is the 11th hour. And when they all came to get paid, the workers started at the beginning of the day, thought that they were going to get more than the workers who came at the 11th hour and became upset even though they had agreed to the pay at the beginning of the day. Why did they get upset? Because they weren't minding their own business. Hey, because they were concerned about whatever, what else was going on around them. They didn't think it was fair. Hey, you know what? It's easy to look at other people and start judging what we believe is fair and not fair in life. 
Hey, and you know what? The, as uh, the Bible says, you know, in, in the book of Psalms, and there's a Psalm of Asaph, and he looked around at the wicked and said, hey, how are they rejoicing? And how is everything going well with them? And here I am trying to do what's right, and I'm having health adversities, and I'm having financial adversities, and I'm thinking about throwing in the towel. But then you know what? He understood their end. And he said, hey, you know what? It's more to this life than what's going on around us. Son, take out the trash. Vacuum up this dog hair that's in the house from your dog, amen? And then what do they do? Look around. Well, what's she going to do? Well, what are they doing? They're just sitting on the couch while I'm vacuuming? No, this is, this, that's not fair. Hey, what's it to you? Amen? That's easy to tell our kids, but you know what? There's a resounding cry from the Word of God today that says, hey, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Hey, what's it to you? How do we finish our journey here with joy? You know, focus on what you're told to do and do it. If we can keep our focus right, we can follow him. If we can keep our focus right, we can finish our journey with joy. If we can stop looking at this world and looking at others and put our focus and attention on where it needs to be, we can accomplish exactly what he has for us. Hey, why come to church on a weekly basis? Hey, man, you say, well, it's, it's commanded. That's why I'm here. Hey, you know what? We can get re-energized. We can get refocused on the things that really matter for eternity. Let me ask this question. How do we mind our own business? How do we finish our journey with joy? I have two points, and we'll be finished. The first one, contextually here, I find the word love. I find the word love. Hey, how do we mind our own business? Hey, how do we finish our journey with joy? The first thing that I see, the question that Jesus asks is, do you love me? Hey, how can we keep our focus on ourselves and not on others? Hey, how can we look at others that are prospering? And how can we look at others and say, hey, this doesn't seem to be fair. And it seems like I'm dealing with trials. It seems like I'm dealing with troubles. How's your love? For God. Do you love Jesus? He asked Peter. Do you love me? Not once, not twice, but three times. And by the way, he wasn't asking as a group. It's easy to answer as a group, right? Hey, how many, how many did this this week? And then everybody's raising their hands and kind of look around. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can admit to that if everybody else is. But you know what? He's asking you individually. Hey, Jesus is singling you out tonight. Do you, do you love me? Maybe he singled Peter out because he saw that Peter was a leader and that Peter had influence over the others that were with him. Maybe he singled Peter out because he knew what was going to take place in Peter's life and the discouragement and the trials that Peter would later face. And he thought, hey, if I could get one message across to Peter to keep him going during the times of weakness, what would it be? Hey, do you love me? Whatever the case, the question is an individual question. Do we love him? And again, Jesus knew that Peter would face even bigger obstacles than what he was facing now in the future. If he could get his love for Christ right, you know what he could get through any situation. And this question, it can be answered through our mouths, but it's better answered with our actions. Love. Actions speak louder than words. John 14, 15, the Bible says, If ye love me, keep my commandments. 
So you may be sitting here saying, well, yeah, I love God. Well, let me ask you this question. Are you keeping his commandments? Because that's a demonstration of the love that demonstrates if we do love him. It's said that an interview, an oral interview in person, is 50% plus of interviewers think that the candidate can be eliminated for the position due to the way that they dress, acted, or walked through the door, not by what they said. But you know what I find a lot of times that sometimes we become more and more intelligent in our minds and smarter than the Bible and smarter than God and says, well, it doesn't matter what the outside has. Well, you know what, how about for an interview? Would you go to an interview the way that you come to church? And which place is more important? And again, I'm not, you can come to church however you are, and if whatever you're wearing is what you have, then that is what it is. But you know what, I just don't want to be a casual Christian. We've tried to instill even in our children as they're growing up that oftentimes you act like you dress. We've, we've tried to instill that in the kids and try to say, hey, this is important. These things are important. Acts 4.13. The Bible says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. You know what? That's an outward reflection of something that's going on on the inside. When is the last time that somebody identified you as a Christian without you ever uttering a word? 2 Corinthians 5.14, the Bible says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge, that if one died for all, then we're all dead, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. That word constrain means to compel or to force someone to follow a particular course of action. So again, because he loved Christ, it constrained him, it forced him, it compelled him to follow Christ. Are we following Christ? Do we love him? Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. the Bible says, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And not only did Jesus ask if you, if you love me, he asked Peter specifically, hey, do you love me more than these? So again, it's easy to say, yeah, God, you know what? I love you. Hey, I care about you. Well, how about more than these? And I don't know if Jesus was talking about the other disciples, and maybe Peter, having spent a lot of time with them and having been close friends, if you will, that maybe he said, hey, do you love me more than these disciples? Or maybe in the background you can see the fishing boat. That was Peter's occupation, if you will, before Jesus came and he left all and followed him and became fishers of men. And maybe in the background he's pointing out, hey, do you love me more than these things that are in the background? But you know what? He came to a realization and had to answer that question. How much do I love you? More than anything in this earth? Do you love Jesus more than you love yourself? And by the way, that's a tall task in today's day and age. More than you love your own entertainment or your own desires, do you love him? What is the depth of your love? Hey, what's it to you, Peter? Keep your love right. How to have joy at the end of the journey. Hey, what's it to you? The first question I ask is, 
Lovest thou me? Hey, do you love me? Get our love right. You know what? Secondly, I find not only a love, I find secondly a look. Hey, what's it to you? Ask that question when you begin looking around and getting discouraged. When you start looking around and seeing what's going on, hey, what's it to you? Ask this question, hey, do you love him? Hey, secondly, the, the, uh, the question that he asks is about looking. He says, hey, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Again, first, the question was focused on, do you love me? Second, he asked, hey, what's it to you? Why are you looking at him? What has he got to do with anything that I've told you to do? Hey, that's God telling us today. What do they have anything to do with what I've told you to do? Well, you know what? They're going here on Sunday, and I know I've committed to go to church, but I'd rather be with them. Hey, what's it to you? Do we love him? Hey, who are we looking to? And by the way, let me just say this. If we are following someone, which is what Jesus says, hey, lovest thou me? Yes, I do. Okay, follow me. Hey, what's, what, what's this other disciple doing? Hey, what's it to you? Follow me. By the way, if you're following someone, what do you see? If I'm following behind someone, what do I see? That person, right? That's what God wants you to do. But you know what? That's hard for me. You say, well, why is that hard for you? Because I want to be the one in front. Because what do you see when you're in front? Hey, guess what? If I'm following someone, I'm not going to do it. But if I'm following someone here, you know, I, I may not see this step, especially depending on how close I'm following. I may say, hey, I want to get a little bit of distance so that I can see the road ahead. And I can see, hey, you know what? There's a pothole up there. I think I'm just going to avoid that. But maybe he doesn't want you to avoid it. Maybe he wants you to go through it so that you can be stronger as a Christian. Hey, so that you can help somebody else along the way. But when we're following behind someone, we can't see the road ahead. Hey, we have to live by faith. Hey, we don't understand. Well, what path am I going on? What path am I taking And What obstacles are going to be in the way? He says, hey, don't worry about it. I want you to follow me. We're following someone. We see that person that's in front of us. That's what God wants you to do. By faith, follow him. But you know what? We want to be, we want to see the terrain ahead. Hey, we want, to, we want to make our path, if you will, and then try and drag God along with us and say, hey, this is the way I'm going, and we try and drag him with us. Hey, can you bless me? Hey, can you have your hand upon my family? When he's saying, hey, time out. Do you love me? And then he asks, hey, where are you looking? Hey, where are your eyes? Matthew eleven twenty eight. You know, we want to carry our own burdens. Matthew eleven twenty eight. the Bible says, Come unto me, all the that are uh, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Verse 30, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And you know what you say? I don't know what tomorrow holds, but you know what I know who holds tomorrow. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And here it is, looking unto, what's the next word? Jesus. Jesus. Is it on everybody else's race? 
Hey, is it what everybody else is doing and feeling the temperature and saying, well, is it okay with everybody else? Let's check in. No, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. A few times that I found in the Bible where this looking uh, had to uh, come into place and different things that have come into place. I, I think, first of all, I think of Job's test. And by the way, as I was studying this, one of the things that popped out is, do you know that Job's test was not that he would quit on God? That wasn't the result of whether he passed or failed the test. Do you know what Job's test had to deal with? His mouth. You say, well, what are you talking about? I don't believe that. Job 1.11, put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. That's the challenge. That's the test of whether or not he's going to pass in the devil's eye. The devil says, hey, put your hand towards him, and he's going to curse you. And God says, uh-uh, it's not going to happen. And you know what? Job's test with everything that he faced was just with his mouth. I wonder if we would pass that test. Just hold our mouths. Hey, just be patient and wait on God. To not go out and say, hey, you know what? Can you believe that this happened? Can you believe that this person did this? And maybe they're completely in the wrong. I can't think of anybody who endured more than Job. But you know what? Job held his tongue. And he got through it. And by the way, sometimes we need to hold our tongues as well. We don't understand everything that's taken place. But God is in control. I wonder if we would have passed the test. If a trial came in our life, could God brag on you and say that you'll still sing his praise in the worst of circumstances? Maybe our test today, maybe our test this week, maybe our test is with our mouth. You know what, maybe it's not. Would we be able to overcome it? Hey, you know what, maybe it's not our mouth, but again, with our eyes. We're talking about looking. Where are you looking? Jesus saith unto him in John 4, verse number 34, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh the, uh, the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white, all ready to harvest. What's our challenge today is to look. Looking unto Jesus, look on the fields, for they are white, all ready to harvest. That's where we're to look, not to anybody else. You know, it's easy to get discouraged when we're looking at our circumstances, when we're looking at ourselves, when we're looking at others and thinking that they have it better off than we do or we deserve better. I think about the children of Israel who had failed God and God sent serpents into the camp and Moses lifted up a servant on that pole that was symbolized when Jesus would be lifted up from the earth on the cross. And how were the children of Israel to survive by after being bitten by these venomous snakes. You know how they were survive? By looking up. Amen. By not looking at the snakes. And I, I can't imagine that. Because if, if there's something that's crawling around me, I want to identify the target, amen? I want to identify whatever's coming at me so that I can steer clear of it. But you know how they survived? Hey, just looking up. Looking up. Maybe our test today isn't with our mouths. Maybe it's with our eyes. What's it to you anyway? Hey, but there's snakes and they're biting people. People are dying. 
But what are we supposed to do? Look up. Hey, love him. Do, do what he's told you to do. Again, it's easily to, easy to get discouraged when we look at others. Hey, they are more blessed, if you will. Everything appears to be going well with them. They have this or they have that. Looking unto Jesus. He is our peace. He is our strength. He's our hope. He's our help. You know what? I want to finish the course that God has for my life. And you know what ways that we can do that? First of all, by making sure our love is correct. Making sure our love is right. How much do you love him? And you know what? By keeping our look right. Looking unto Jesus. I can do both of these things by repeating the question in my mind. What's it to you? What's it to you? Don't compare yourself to others. Hey, what's it to you? Hey, you know what? During this time of Christmas, how is your love? For God so loved the world that he gave his son Jesus to come to this earth, be born. How much do you love him today? You know, there's a song they say in the children's program, how much do you love, how much do you love, how much do you love my Jesus, how much do you love, how much do you love, how much do you love my Lord, do you love him, what's the next words, I forgot, higher than the highest mountains, you guys know the song, right, deeper than the deep blue sea, do you love him, something else there, but it deals with how much you love God, amen, but the question is how much do you love him, how much do you love him, and where are you looking? Say, hey, well, it's Christmas time. You know what? I'm looking forward to that gift that I'm going to receive under that tree. Maybe it's already there, and it's not at our house because we know what would happen. It would get opened, amen? But you say, hey, I'm looking for gifts. You know what? Do we want presents or do we want his presence during this Christmas time? Mind your business. Hey, what's it to you? How to have joy at the end of your journey. Number one, get your love right. Number two, get your look right. Jesus asked these questions to Peter. Hey, lovest thou me? Three times, follow me. Then he said, hey, what's it to you? Why are you looking at him? Hey, get your love right and get your eyes right. And you know what? Peter went on to do great things for God. Why? Because you know what? I think he got his love right. And I think he got his look right. Looking unto Jesus, where are we looking? And do we love him during this time? Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve him this week. Thank you.